So, Well, somebody else who's in studio with us and has been a guest with us before is Jason Vazano. He's the co-founder of Vectorform, which is based in uh, suburban Detroit in Royal Oak. Matter of fact, is uh, my neighbor across the street. It's kind of neat. Uh, they, you guys took over a space there in downtown Royal Oak. And I thought it was so cool because in many ways you kind of you know, gave a, the tech industry there a, a base in many ways, I think. Yeah, you know, it, it's exciting to be in Royal Oak. You know, the uh, the whole down, downtown area is our cafeteria. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, proof, it's yeah. just centrally located and we love it. Now, let's talk about... Uh, vector form because uh, what's so neat and we're delighted to have you with us is about to talk about something that you've been collaborating with Microsoft on with their HoloLens but before we get even into that yeah let's talk a little bit about how you got to this place you and uh, Kurt Steckler were co-founders of it yeah I mean did this begin in a garage all good stories in technology seem to begin in garages you know not not to one up so early on the show Foster but it actually started off in many garages Kurt's uh, Kurt's family owned a mini storage facility and oh. we uh, we started up and as we scaled we just opened another garage and uh, I love it it uh, it was a good eight nine months before we took the plunge and moved downtown Detroit. Oh, wow. That's interesting. What year was that? That was in 1999. And in 2000, early 2000, we were downtown 1456 Woodward. What was the concept for Vectorform at that point? Yeah. I mean, you know, it was interesting. If you remember early 2000, it was the dot-com bust. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying technology was a fad, believe it or not. And so our goal was really to leverage emerging technology to transform business. And that, that, that motto and, and simple philosophy is still what drives us today. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's the hardest thing. I mean, here I got this cool gadget, but how do I use it? You know, how can I integrate that into my business and, and, or into my security or, you know, my productivity? Uh, A lot of people, you know, it's like uh, people when they try to invent something or, or they come up with something and they don't realize what they have. Someone else has to show them what they have. You know, I go ahead, Kasten. You were saying something. Yeah, from from my standpoint, so many people think about Microsoft as Windows and you know Office, yep, yep. and they're rebranding themselves as being in the cloud. But behind that is just gobs and gobs of inter- innovation around machine learning, around vision systems, and putting that in to make factory workers safer. You know, combining all of these technologies in unique ways. And uh, I'm excited for Jason to be here because you know, they're behind a lot of that innovation that's propelling Microsoft forward. Yeah, it is interesting. I think in some ways you, talk, you talked about 2000s being kind of a critical place there because up to that point, you know, people were being encouraged to consume, consume, you yeah. know, buy a new gadget, get a new gadget, get a new gadget. And in the end, it didn't make much sense because it didn't seem to be going anywhere. And the difference I see is that now there is a, a dovetailing of these things. You know, that the phones are blending into the computers. Are uh, it's, it's with AI and VR and AR, you know. Yeah, and we're all connected now. Yeah. And now we're all sharing that information and what we're going to do with all that information. Yeah. yeah that, just, go ahead. Yeah, just seeing the productivity, digitally speaking, um, exponentially go up is pretty interesting i mean when we take a look at you know when we first started interfacing with computers it was it was the command line interface you know um then we evolved uh, significantly to um 
you know, the graphical user interface or the GUI, you know, that was a mouse keyboard. Uh, We've moved on since then getting into what we call the NUI or the natural user interface, which is touch, voice, gesture, where the content itself becomes the interface. And now we're evolving into what we frame as new E, natural user environment. And that is the idea that the world around us is the interface. So that really gets into augmented reality, virtual reality, et cetera. Wow, we're going to have to talk more about this. This sounds fascinating. What was that last uh, acronym you used? New E. New E. Okay. All right. We're going to have to get it. (laughs) Jason Fazano with us, founder, uh, co-founder of uh, Vectorform. And uh, I think you're going to be fascinated by the conversation here, folks. Hoping you enjoy this. The Internet Advisor is on the air for you. And uh, we'll be back with more of our vision of the future. Let's get back to our fascinating guest here, Jason Vazano. Thank you so much for joining us in studio again. Thank you, Foster. Now, we, we, we stopped uh, talking a little bit about the progression of these um, different interfaces that are out there right now. Folks, don't, don't space out on me quite yet because this really is going to impact all of us, I think, tremendously. I don't know, Kasten, if you would agree with that. I, this whole business of you know the using um, uh, uh, what do they call it? Um, your, our eyes and our fingerprints. What do they call it? Um, Natural well, you know, user you, interf- or, um, environment. Yeah. So augmented reality is sort of the general accepted term, I'd say. Yeah, these days. yeah. I mean, just ten short years ago, well, eleven years ago, we didn't have an iPhone. It, it wasn't on the horizon. And there you, you look at the tremendous and profound changes to uh, the ways we zone out of even our relationships because of those those <laughs> trashy <laughs> devices that I can't put oh, down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I've got, Jason, one of the things I, I, I'm very curious about is the project that we uh, feature on our page right now, our homepage, internetadvisor.net, yes. uh, has a picture of uh, some uh, Ford designers with glasses on and they are looking at, um, is it augmented reality? Yeah, so that's an augmented reality. And we hear a lot about augmented reality and virtual reality. And, right. You know, let's maybe for a second talk about what's the difference. Yes, you know? please. So virtual reality is you put on a headset and you are basically transported to a completely new world. And uh, you could be uh, on a beach, you could be, um, you know, flying through the sky, or you could be... Uh, you know, watching a movie with all of your best friends. Augmented reality is after you put the glasses on, you still see everything that you would normally see, but you have data that's overlaid. So you can get contextual information real time about your world. Maybe you forget the name of the person you're sitting directly across from. Maybe it can give you some stats the last time you had a conversation. Maybe you're looking at a uh, an engine that's overheating, and you need some more data about it uh, in real time. So the applications of augmented reality are are, are very vast. And are, are these like the Google glasses that were yeah. just so trashed yeah. when they came out? It looks like they've stuck around to be very valuable. Yeah, you know, you have to hand it to Google. I'm I'm more of an Apple fanboy to be honest with you, but you have to hand it to Google for really sort of being brave and pushing technology out there. Um, you know, we worked actually with Google X on some of the first uh, glass uh, applications, wow. and uh, it, it was it was really fun, and uh, it was great that they pushed technology out there that was so progressive. Wow! Now, uh, as I say, the glasses that they're wearing right now in that picture, yeah, these Ford designers. Um, what's the benefit of it? I mean, it's, yeah. it's not just a toy. This is something that. 
what improvements have come from using this technology? That's a great question. And I think we spoke earlier about this on the show when we say, hey, not just science experiments. What What is the real value of the technology? And, and Ford has a pretty compelling business case here. You know, as we know, automobiles, they essentially go through these mid-cycle reviews and where we see the, the bumpers and, and maybe the taillight markers, they change to sort of refresh the car. And they, many times, the automobile manufacturers have to build these massive clay models that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're still doing that. They still do that yep. to this day. No kidding. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's called skybing, I think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I a friend who was he used to work in one yeah. of those, those shops. Uh, and I'll have to take your word for it. It's called skiving. Yeah. I'm amazed that it's still going on. Yeah. Well, well you know, but with 3D printers now, they do have the ability to to print a car under an entire vehicle shell in 3D, so you can you don't you know do right. it in clay anymore. But yes. But this sounds like a step even further beyond yes. that. Yes. Yeah. So um, what we're looking at is they still you know Ford especially they're 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 fanatical obviously about the design and you know yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting, you know, what they're doing is they're essentially using the Microsoft HoloLens augmented reality headset to look at a clay model and then superimpose a variety of new front bumpers while they're looking at the car. So they don't have to build another $100,000 clay model. They can see real time, are the tolerances going to work? Is uh, the marker in Europe, which is different than the turn signal in the United States, is that going to line up properly with this new design bumper? And they're able to really understand tolerances. So right out of the ga- gate, we're using emerging technology to really drive down um, what would otherwise be a significant investment. Do you guys remember the, 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 the sneering that went on with Microsoft came out with the HoloLens? You know, yeah. I don't. I mean, I mean, it was this big well pack, and you know, you had to be yes. underneath all of these. Different... But the but the vision was just okay. is is you know, someone looked at that. It was like pie in the sky. When's this going to happen? And it looks like it's only going to take a couple years for the technology to catch up to provide this to us. Well, we're getting we're, very we're there close now. to what what was happening in the movie Iron Man. And if people are having trouble understanding what this looks like in the real world, if you go watch the movie Iron Man. That's the augmented reality in how he's looking at things through his visor. That's right. I think, you know, when we take a look maybe 10 years from now and you end the day and you take out your augmented reality contact or you take off your augmented reality glasses, it's going to be like going back to watching black and white television after a day of watching color television. That's essentially going to be the effect. So Cast and I are really ahead of our time. We Neither one of us got radio keratotomy or wear contacts, so glasses are going to become in fashion again. Cast and we're just... We're, we're ahead well, of the I'm, curve. I, I'm seeing right through you through these glasses. You just don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what is, I, I know you are already thinking about the next step. Um, what are some of the other uses that you folks have found for the HoloLens? Yeah, so, you know, right now there's an interesting phenomenon going on when it comes to sort of industry. We're seeing a lot of folks who are in heavy industry retiring, and we're not seeing new people coming on and taking their jobs as quickly. So training, for instance, DTE Energy, uh, and, and, and don't quote me directly, but it's essentially around half of their workforce will be retiring in a very short period of years. Wow. And they're 
adopting some very progressive technology to ramp up and and ensure that proper training is being provided. They're attracting a younger workforce using a lot of this emerging technology. Microsoft, um, the HoloLens, uh, they've used Google Glass over at DTE Energy. Um, so they have a, a pretty innovative program, all aimed at how do we help the next generation of service workers be ready. Wow. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue looking over the horizon into the future with Jason Vazano, the co-founder of Vectorform and Royal Oak. Stick around. It's a fascinating conversation. We've been enjoying a conversation with Jason Vazano, who is the co-founder of Vectorform, a company in Royal Oak, which um, offers solutions that accelerate the prototyping process by allowing designers to explore different shapes, sizes, and textures of future vehicle attributes in just minutes. And uh, using HoloLens, matter of fact, you're a special partner to Microsoft, I understand. Yeah, that's a, a great question. We've been you know, working with Microsoft for some time now, and you know, it's interesting that Microsoft reached into a you know, this lonely company here in Detroit. <laughs> and uh, we started working with Microsoft back in 2006. They had a, if you remember, this large iPhone table called the Microsoft Surface, not the oh, Surface yes, we see yes. today. Yep, yes, I do. Yes, yes. Yeah, so Vectorform actually built all of the experiences for that large table format. And wow. if you recall, on uh, MSNBC during the 2008 election, they used that technology. Chuck Todd did to show the battleground states and whatnot. And you know, here in Detroit, Michigan, all of that technology was developed. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That that's exciting. Because one of our purposes has been over the years to highlight local companies and technologies. And Gaston, your company certainly is one of them as well. Well, we're not so much uh, ident- are, we're identifying those innovative technologies and information security. We're not so much creating them. Right. But uh, every once in a while, we're contributing to that process with the people that we partner with. So I, I, I do have a question for Jason. And yeah, it, sure. You know, you look at the great inventors, whether it's Nikolai Tesla or, you know, Henry Ford, people who just uh, had idea after idea after idea. What makes your organization different so that you're just this factory cranking out great <laughs> ideas and great innovation? What makes you different and why, why do people want to work with you? Because you're, you've got world-class customers. Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I think, you know, when you kind of take a look at a single inventor, such as Tesla or, or um, you know, others, I think our differentiators are, you know, we take a multidiscipline approach. So, you know, we have our designers, engineers, uh, digital anthropologists, behavioral psychologists all coming together. Um, and we've hired people, rocket scientists out of NASA, recruiting them out wow. of California, uh, senior principals out of McKinsey. And for us, it's really bringing together an extreme caliber team to really solve, you know, some of these organizations' most challenging problems. Wow, that's exciting to to hear that that's going on right here in our little hometown. <laughs> and you, by the way, you have got offices all over the world. Yeah, we uh, we enjoy the frequent again, flyer miles are the envy of many. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 an interesting lifestyle. I've been happy to sort of put on pause for a moment, but you know we have an incredible leadership team that spans the globe, 
And, uh, you know, just as much as we like to see them, we, they love coming to Detroit. And years ago, you know, when we told clients we were from Detroit, they would look at us like, why Detroit? And now when we tell people as we travel the globe that we're from Detroit, they're fascinated. They want to learn more. They say something's really exciting going on in Detroit. And this is a global phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. and we're, you know, the number of people involved in STEM, you know, science and technology and uh, engineering and, and you know, it's it's just here. I mean, I think we're number two or number three in the number of STEM-trained uh, people in in the world. Yeah, folks, so puff your chest out a little bit. You, know? you can take some pride in that. Ed, you going to say something? I was going to say, but you also just got back from CES, which is happening in Las Vegas. So yeah. overall impression uh, of, of the trend that you saw in CES, a little bit about the automotive, and then a couple favorite items you found. Yeah, sure. So, you know, CES is growing at an incredible clip, and this is the Consumer Electronics Show. And and back in the days, it was, you know, the the flat screen televisions and the (laughs) digital cameras. And really now it's grown to anything digital. And and as we know, it has um, seen so many different faces from IoT, the Internet of Things. We're seeing a lot in... um, a home automation. We're seeing a lot, obviously, in the connected and autonomous vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many areas in which we're seeing explosive, uh, really exponential growth. Um, and, and CES is really the place that it's all showcased. I understand it's really hard to just see everything. It just, you just, a person just cannot see it all. One person. You have to split up in the teams and then conquer and then compare notes later. But it seemed this year was the, uh, Google was all over the place and yeah. the, the voice address right. systems. Um, what were some of your favorite items there? I mean, if, if something that really gave you the wow factor that just opened your eyes and if yeah. there was one thing in, in your industry or outside of it. You know, Ed, it's interesting to me. There's a couple observations I've made. You know, in the past, you know, we were starting to see auto really starting to engage this show. Okay. And even make product launches more so than they would make even here in the Detroit Auto Show. And yeah. We were, you know, personally, I was beginning the fear is the is CES becoming the new auto show, mm-hmm. and I think the autos have kind of, in a way, collectively um, moved away from launching vehicles there and really launching the technology of the vehicle. Excellent. Um, and I think that's a really good move. It really allows us to keep sort of Detroit as the the launch for a lot of the new vehicles, but it allows CES to really appreciate what Detroit is coming up with as well. Hmm. During one of the breaks, we were talking about. A kind of a trend in technology, and I want yeah. to see what your thoughts are on this. Uh, we've come from a place where, at each step of the progress with technology, we're pushing less buttons, we're talking to our technology, yeah. then we're just looking at our technology, and all of a sudden, it's, where are we headed with this? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because right now many of us are controlling our homes, our vehicles remotely with an app. And apps are now starting to become cumbersome. It's a lot of work opening it up, going through a couple of navigation items. And so voice is really sort of becoming um, easier. There's less friction in the interaction model. And soon we're going to be getting tired of voice. Uh, we're going to, you know, getting tired of necessarily repeating ourselves or, or what have you. And, and we're going from app to voice. And the next thing we hear so much about AI. Well, what is AI going to do? AI is going to anticipate our needs. AI is going to say, hey, I know you're going to work. I know your refrigerator is half full. I know you need to get these three things from the grocery store. I'm going to do things before you need to think about them to really give you more of your day back. But where is that heading? 
You know, that's an interesting oh, because point. Because your company really is out there on the on the frontiers of that. Yeah, you know, and you know, technology provides just as much as it can take away. And I think Kasson can really talk about uh, you know the security and the effect that you know we're getting a lot of convenience out of life, but at what cost? You know, and yeah. and that's really your fuel, right, Mister Kasson? Yeah, and, and and it's a generational thing because you know my kids don't think twice about offering up information because they're just accustomed to it. You know, my fear is what happens when sinister forces make real use of this. You know, all of the information that went out on Equifax, I'm telling people, don't even trust a letter that comes from the IRS or from your bank anymore because the information that was disclosed by Equifax can be used in the U.S. mail for a scam. It It may tell you to call a number or go to a website that you trusted on paper and you just can't trust that anymore. So I, so maybe where one of the things artificial intelligence is going to go is to protect you. So right now, whenever you install an application, you relinquish access to your contacts, photos, GPS. And if you had an, uh, um, an artificial intelligent device uh, or uh, interface, then basically those apps have to communicate to that AI system. Well, don't and, don't be. I, this is I'm why you, you hate talking to me because I scare you. Yep. But the bad guys are using artificial intelligence as well. Right. Oh yeah. Mm. So yeah, but, it's yeah, a but, changing world, and it's great to have people like Jason and and his company. You know, creating that innovation for a positive and making the world a better place. Oh, I mean, but that but, offsets the bad stuff. Okay, so I need an app that tells me don't push that button, stupid. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> so that's what I have to have that AI for. Okay, I understand. Gotcha. Well, Jason, it's been a delight talking with you. Um, I've noticed that you've got offices all over the world. Um, Yeah. It's like in Munich and in Hyderabad and uh, just all over the world. How are you working to make that communication simpler? You know, because, you know, flying to these places is just brutal. I had a son in law who used to do it, and he was just ground down to find dust by the experience. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, with all the technology that we have, still face-to-face has yet to been replaced. It's still the, the real deal. So, you know, you have to really make an effort to to collaborate with remote offices. It's very important to develop deep personal relationships with people on the other yeah. side. And, you know, it, it's keeping it human. And we we go to great lengths to really make sure that our company is still small enough where everyone really knows each other. And I think, you know, W.L. Gore, who was one of our first clients, W.L. Gore and Associates, the guys who made Gore-Tex, you know, they made a point to limit each office to no more than 150 people. And we oh, subscribe really? to that. Wow, that is, that is fascinating. Jason, thank you so much. I just can't wait to see what the next <laughs> invention is going to be. Thank you for joining us here on the Internet Advisor tonight. My pleasure, Foster. Thanks for having me.